Grab your favorite cup. We're about to pour you a glass of the most wholesome drink. Our goal is to amplify marginalized voices through subjects that matter. We will do this by discussing subjects that are uplifting, gainful, and truthful, no matter how uncomfortable they may be, in hope of gaining clarity and invoking progressive change. Of course, we'll sprinkle on some off-color topics to make our discussion more palatable. Welcome Welcome to to Urban Urban Proper. Before we dive in, let's discuss the podcast name, Urban Proper. Urban Proper. Now, I don't want to go into this long rant, so I'm going to try to keep it as simple as possible. Okay. Because you know me, I think I'm long-winded mm-hmm, sometimes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I started using the term Urban Proper in my late teens to describe myself on social media bios. Urban Proper, to me, is possessing the ability to be yourself in various lanes. To be Urban Proper is to have several layers the core being unapologetically black. That has black with a capital B. Capital B. Because you're describing me. <laughs> <laughs> Sharing core black experiences that seem to come standard in most of our lives across the African diaspora. Being able to code switch without batting an eye and venturing outside the proverbial black box. For example, I season my food without using measurement instruments, mm-hmm. like most of y'all do. <laughs> I got popped in my mouth for speaking on grown folks' business. Okay. My ears were burned when getting my hair pressed for Sunday school. You swept my foot while you were sweeping. Yeah, I need that broom so I can mm-hmm. spit on I it. I got to spit on that broom. Yes. <laughs> my mother is not the one not to be played with, nor is she one, one of my little friends. She ain't boo-boo the fool either. No. And on Saturday mornings, I woke up to old school R&B blasting, which indicated it was time to get my black ass up and to assist with the house chores. Mm-hmm. I rushed to the dance floor to do it for the 99-2000. <laughs> and on some days, I want to jam out to Fallout Boy. I want to listen to some Arctic Monkeys. You know, when I'm on vacation, I like snorkeling, parasailing, floating on the lazy river, camping. I like to travel outside of resorts and mingles with the locals. It's a subculture that you really didn't realize exists. That's deep. That's real deep. I love that. Go on, Sheesh. Um, (laughs) Well, honestly, to me, Urban Proper kind of is all of the things that you said. It's like being able to be almost two people at the same time. I I talk a lot about duality and what that means to me. And it means just, you know... One minute I want to, you know, do theater and sing musicals. And then the next minute I'm spitting the hot rhymes from fucking, I can't even say it. Twerking since birth. (laughs) (laughs) Twerking since birth, okay. Um, You know, it's just, it's about acknowledging the dualistic nature of existence. Uh, Especially being a black person and knowing that sometimes when you write your name on a um, resume... They might not call you back because of what your name sounds like, but when they do call you, but when you call in to apply for a job, they're like, oh, well, we'll definitely see you because you put on your, quote, white people voice. Mm-hmm. You know? And I know I get that a lot. My, my name being Shalisha. <laughs> I get that a whole lot. Listen. But, you know, that's how, unfortunately, that's how the world is currently yeah. and will be for a while until we're able oh, to fix it. it. Oh, listen. okay so welcome to the podcast you all um now that we've given you a little description as to what urban proper is we're going to dive into our topics for today we're going to start with the black experience 
Now I'm gonna head over to you, Darius, and okay. see how being black is um, for you. Well, being a black man, first and foremost, uh, let me describe myself for those of y'all who can't see me, which is everybody. Um, I'm <laughs> six foot two. I'm not muscular, but I'm not, you know, skinny. I'm like in between. Slim thick. I'm slim thick, you know. <laughs> um, I'm bald. I have a beard and I wear glasses. And I'm expected, or was, before I kind of put myself where I am in life, I got a lot of the, oh, you must play basketball. I have the hand-eye coordination of a duck. <laughs> Ducks don't have hands. You can laugh at that. Um, <laughs> I, you know, I'm not athletic in really any means. I dance, but that's kind of where that whole stepping outside of the black box thing is. I did contemporary. I did a little lyrical, and I did hip hop. Okay. You know, um, so I'm not your typical black man. I'm bisexual, and so I do date men and I date women, and that's definitely not the typical black male experience. You're not. You're not supposed to be that when you're a black man. You're supposed to be a ladies man. And how does that affect your dating um, oh, life when it comes to dating, especially black women? Now, here's my thing. I I love all people. I don't date based on gender. Mm -hmm. I do have a very strong attraction to white men. My current boyfriend is a white man. Um, and I have a very, 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 very strong attraction to black women. And... For me, in my experience, I haven't met many, if any, black women who are like, oh, you have dated or would date a man. I'm good. Like, I don't know any that would be like, I'll date you. It's fine. I understand. I get that. Like, I know some women that are like that, but not very many. At least the ones I was trying to date. They was like, nah, I'm good, love. And why do you think that is? I think it's a fear that we have as black people, that we've been taught that to be quote homosexual or to be in a homosexual relationship makes you less of a person and it makes you less of a man to have had sex with a man um, and I feel like a lot of black women don't want a man that they think is quote less of a man I agree with that personally I agree with that that outlook I think as as a black woman myself it's we already have to fight with other black, other black women over a man mm. and then to have the idea of you attracted to what I'm attracted to, it kind of adds on to the... <laughs> <laughs> it kind of adds on to the fear of, and I can't lock you down. I get that. And, like, for me, like, I'm a monogamous person. Okay. I When I'm dating somebody, I'm dating that person and that person only. I don't like to share. I'm too selfish. Um, ooh, excuse me. But... There's this common misconception with black men and bisexual men that there's no such thing as monogamy and you're just supposed to be fucking everything that walks. And I'm like, well, no, no. I think that's true. A true, not true to bisexual men, but I think a lot of people think that when anybody in the queer spectrum, mm -hmm. that's that, very yes, true. that you're yeah. just out here, just, just anything that moves and breathes. And, and looks hot and looks your way that you would and it's very like it's true for some people and I you know I have every bit of respect and if I'm not in a relationship you best believe I'm gonna be you know well not in previous life but now <laughs> that I have come into my sexual awakening you best believe if I ever am not in a relationship I'm gonna be knocking doors down but that's cause I won't be in a relationship you uh -huh. know what I mean I get it so Sheesh as a black woman what has been your experience 
Um, my experience. Where can I start? Y'all sit down, <laughs> please. Um, well, first, my name is Shalisha. I go by Shisha, um, but that our my, my name comes with. A predetermined stereotype they think that I'm gonna be loud they think I'm gonna be ghetto they think that I'm here for their comic relief and a lot of people are taken aback when I begin to speak and they realize how articulate I am and so many white people have said to me which white people if y'all listening do not say this to black people. Don't ever, because I already know what you're about to say. Do not call a black person well-spoken. I was uh. born in America my first language is English. Of course, I have a proper grasp on the English language. Of course, I can speak proper English. That's the only language that I speak fluently. How else am I supposed to speak? Right. So I, I get that a lot. Um, also, they always, and in the workplace, they're shocked that I'm 29 years old and I don't have a kid. They're baffled. That's nuts to me. That they're... Oh, you don't have a kid? Oh, what's wrong? Or are you okay? Now, like, is that, is that being a woman, or is that being a black woman, or is it a little bit of both? I think it's a little bit of both. Um, it's it's a two edged sword because even in, on the dating scene, when you know men ask me, "Or do you have any kids?" and I'm like, "No," and they're like, "I'm a hot commodity," or <laughs> they look at me like, "Well, what the hell is wrong with your ass? Like, why can't you have any kids?" And it's just a personal decision. I I might have kids in the future. I really did want kids um, when I was in a previous relationship, but things change, and I think my priorities have shifted. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I went from being um, a very had not a facade, but I wanted to be a wholesome woman. <laughs> Don't laugh. <laughs> But, you know, hold my man down, be faithful, um, mm-hmm. be everything that uh, a woman from the 50s and 60s were for their husband, plus be a career woman and be a mother. And I think after that relationship kind of dissolved, I felt lost mm-hmm. because I had put so much of myself into the relationship, into his goals, into making sure that we were getting on the right foot and the right path on the road to marriage that I lost myself. And I think I've, I've been about two years now, almost three years. And I think right now I'm about just now coming into figuring out exactly who I am at 29. Yay. Thank you. Yes, and it's been a journey. And I think as, especially as black women, we're held to a higher standard. Um, We're not supposed to be vulnerable And I have allowed myself to be more vulnerable Uh, We're not supposed to cry Even though I hate crying I let myself cry a little bit more I hate crying too It makes me feel like such a little punk I be like "Mm, mm, I know I be trying to hold it (laughs) I literally like physically will try to hold Like, Yes but it's, It's so Cleansing It's so cleansing to cry and be vulnerable. You don't have to be a tough ass all the time, you know? Mm-hmm. You hear that black women, you don't have to be a tough ass. We don't all the time. have to be. We can unload, take all that pressure off our shoulders. So as as a black woman, that's my experience with the outside world and, 
you know, interculturally? Um, I think that kind of takes us into a little bit of the next kind of bit of this, which is the black fear complex. Mm. And like I was saying how I get the impression that, and I could be totally wrong, but black women are afraid to be with a man who has been with men. How, what other things are black people afraid of? I think... Besides dogs. (laughs) Cats. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I think from a black woman's perspective, a lot of black women are afraid to date outside of our race. Really? Yes, I've had a couple of conversations with some homegirls and I'm open to it, of course, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. Um, I'm like, girl, it ain't working. It ain't working. <laughs> like, what are you doing? You need to try something different. You know, try you a white boy, a Latino boy. I love you my white man. <laughs> <laughs> try you, you know, try you a different kind of flavor. And they are hard, hard ass no. You know, I, I think, and. I hang around with a pretty diverse group of people. Mm-hmm. Like I have my my friends' friends, and then I have my theater friends. Right. And my theater friends are majority Caucasian. Okay. Um, and I talk to a lot of black men in the theater community, and I'm not really that attracted to white women. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is. Like I just the whole blonde hair blue like it just doesn't do it for me. Okay. Um, and no, my man does not have blonde hair or blue eyes. Um, <laughs> you just gotta throw that out there. <laughs> just for you, no. Um, but a lot of the times they're like, you know, black men are more open to it because they kind of, I don't know what it is. I, I don't, I don't know why, but it's just like I'm like that plain feature. Not to call white women plain. <laughs> And not to be, you know, <laughs> controversial, even though I love for I live for controversy. I live for drama. Uh, I live for drama. Enjoy but it. just it's it's it to me it's like not interesting. I don't know. Maybe we should post this on our on our um, Facebook group and 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 try to get some answers on. Yeah. Why? Here's the question: Do you guys think white women know play? <laughs> Stop it! <laughs> Stop it! We're gonna get us shut down before we even damn before start. Before we even start, <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's not the question. She just has the real question. Black men. Mm-hmm. Why do you feel that mm. what's it's that? easier to date white women? Exactly. Without bashing black women, please. Please, because we will come for you in the night. I will come for you like I ain't, ain't nobody ever came for you before. Okay. Please. Yeah, I just it's it's really interesting to me. I I hear that a lot of the time that it's easier to date white women from black men, and I don't get it because. I mean, I get the I. I've heard a lot of black men say because of the personality difference, because they're more submissive. I hear all the negatives. You know, white women versus black women mentality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I get that a lot. But I want to know, like, just from an attractive standpoint, without going into, well, black women do this or black women do that. Why is it not even just white women, Latino women, Middle Eastern women? Um, just want to know. We want to know what do you, what's what's the thing. So, outside of dating outside the race. Um, 
which clearly black men are not afraid of because mm-hmm. they will go and snatch up a white woman or as Beyonce called him, a Becky with the good hair. Real quick. Um, <laughs> but a couple other things that um, I've seen that black people are afraid of, mm-hmm. especially here in St. Louis, is traveling. Oh my God. You don't even know how many grown people grown. that I have met, even just well off, like doing well financially. Human adults. Yes, that... Like, oh, you like to travel? I've never been outside of St. Louis. Or I've been to Chicago. Or I've been to Atlanta. And it's like, okay. Okay, so. Great. Where else you That's basic. Or like, um, you know, planning a trip for my 30th birthday to Puerto Rico. I I can't wait. Oh, my God. You can't see, but I'm twerking in the chair right now. Oh, my goodness. Twerking (laughs) since birth. (laughs) Twerking since birth. Um, But I asked a couple of my friends, black friends, black male friends. And um, to be specific, if he wanted to go, and he was like, well, they speak another language over there, and you know, they be kidnapping people, which is true mm-hmm. in some cases. But it's just, I think overall, we're f- afraid to have, I don't even know how to articulate that. Not necessarily experiences, but I think we're, we're I, as the United States has, put this fear in us to travel outside of the parameters of the United States. Well, if you leave your country, they're going to take you. And it's not true. I've been out of the country twice. I mean, two different places, but I have been A-OK. The only reason I haven't been out of the country is because I am poor. Um, (laughs) The fact that I can't afford this trip to Puerto Rico is... It's fairly cheap. It's fairly cheap. But technically, Puerto Rico is a part of the United States, though. True. I haven't been off of mainland Okay. I've been several places just in the like past couple months. I, I'm 26, mm-hmm. um, and you make me feel so old. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, I traveled when I was a kid. We mm-hmm. didn't go far, and we didn't go to a lot of places. But like the first place I ever went to, the first time I ever flew on an airplane, I was five, mm-hmm. and we went to California. And like ever since then, I've just had this bug to want to go places. Like, I always remember loading into the car during the summer yeah. to go to Kansas City or to go to Silver Dollar City or just driving somewhere like to the Ozarks. Right. And I've always had that bug and I don't get why people in St. Louis are like... No, outside of Chicago and Atlanta, like when I was a kid, same thing. We used to go, go on road trips all the time, visiting family in Michigan, Tennessee. Um, we used to live in Florida real briefly mm-hmm. um, as well. Um, but taking pictures of me. Um, <laughs> but I've always I caught I caught the bug when it was uh, my my best friend's twenty fifth birthday, and she invited me to go to Jamaica with her. And I've always liked traveling. Uh, been to Las Vegas, California, and um, she said, like, "Let's go to Jamaica." And I'm like, "Okay, cool." Got my passport ready, you know, paid off the trip and. Got there and I loved it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh my god! I saw the pictures. I was hella jealous. Ugh, the beach, first of all. Now I don't like the beach. What? I don't like the sun. <sighs> Listen, I'm you not, are a child of the sun. I am a child of the moon. Thank okay, you very much. Excuse me. Let's You're get getting it. all astrology on me. <laughs> Let's get that correct. Darius has an affinity for the moon. Okay. I am not a creature of the sun at all. <sighs> but. When we went to Tampa, I did have fun I love Tampa. in the sun. I, had I Tampa sun. had a vibe. Tampa definitely. Tampa had did a have vibe. a vibe, and I can't wait to go back. Yes, but going back to Jamaica. Oh, oh yes, my gosh! Yes, 
the pineapple's there. <laughs> Please tell the pineapple story. Please. Hold on, hold on, bitch. <laughs> Let me tell y'all. Okay, so we're at—I don't even know if it was a breakfast, lunch, dinner, whatever—but it was the first day there. It had to be dinner. Um, so I'm, you know, at the buffet getting my fruits. I was like, let me try these fruits because you know everybody talk about fruits is better outside the United States. You know, me being all patriotic in the moment, I'm like it ain't better. But anyway. So I'm looking at these pineapples. I'm like, these pineapples a little pale looking, but I'm gonna try them anyway. So I put them on my plate. We sitting down, and I try the pineapple. And Lord Jesus, my eyes roll back in my head, and I had to stop the waitress lady. <laughs> Because my best friend was telling me, I'm like, girl, what is this? She's like, it's pineapple. I said, no, bitch, it's not pineapple. This is not pineapple. This no, this is something magical. <laughs> this is something magical. So I stopped the waitress lady and I said, ma'am, what is this fruit? And she gave me the most perplexed look. She probably was like, you dumbass American in her head. She's like, ma'am, that is pineapple. And I said, for what? Look, show me the pineapple. What the Bring pineapple? Bring the pineapple over Bring the here. the pineapple over here. She was like, "Well, it's a little, it's it's smaller than you guys is, you know, pineapple that you guys are used to. It's like in a little, it's more of a circle." She was like, "Yeah, they're they're lighter and they're sweeter." And I was like, "Obviously, like I was trying to figure out how I could smuggle a pineapple back to the mainland." <laughs> <laughs> because Jesus Christ. And then when I was in the Dominican Republic, I had the mangoes. <sighs> I wish I could see my face right now. I wish I could too. I just took a picture of her talking about the pineapple. <laughs> no, you're not posting that. Instagram right no, now. I just want y'all to know. <laughs> but the mangoes, it was like just eating, just, I, I can't describe sugar. Just like the most like, Refreshing thing in my life, <laughs> besides that damn pineapple in Jamaica. <laughs> so my black people get out of the country and eat you some pineapple and some mango. Oh, bitch! And then I found out that oranges outside of the United States are green. Are green. Mm-hmm. They pump our shit full of dye. They are green. I'm up in Dominican Republic, like, what's wrong with this damn orange? And I should know better from Jamaica talking about <laughs> so what's wrong with somebody else's fruit. I'm telling you, that orange was like drinking some Minnie Mae orange juice. Bitch, get your asses out of the country. It's some shit to try out there. Listen, listen. I I love pineapple, but I'm allergic to it. But what? let me. You allergic to everything that's good. I'm allergic to everything <laughs> I love, um, like myself. Anyway. Um, <laughs> I cannot wait to eat pineapple in another country. Oh my god! Maybe I won't be allergic to it because maybe it won't be pumped full of dyes. Yeah. Um. But like on the back on the subject of traveling, like I haven't gone all like I said off of mainland America, but I did go to New Mexico for a week for my birthday a couple years ago. Yes, you didn't invite um, me, but okay. I sure didn't. I only invited me myself and I. Rude. Uh. Well, I mean, let's. First of all, let's be clear. I booked my trip a week before I left. You right, you right, you did. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. did. I booked everything a week before I left. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was running away. So that's a whole other topic for a whole different episode. Um, but like it, just the experience I had in New Mexico, like eating 
food that was like closer to Mexico, mm-hmm. actual like Mexican food. I went to this taco place that was literally a shack. And I walked in and I was like, this place is going to give me food poisoning. I can't wait. What? I was, I mean, I, I you can't they didn't wait for speak food any English and I knew that the food was going to be lit. Well, you okay. know, Mexico used to be Mexico, so. Exactly. So I was like, y'all don't speak English. Yeah. I was like, all right, let me get a carnitas taco. Okay. Oh, wait. So I love carnitas, just so you know. And sure as shit, I got food poisoning, but it was hella worth it. It probably wasn't food poison. It just probably was like the natural ingredients, not in. My know, body was like, it wasn't what ready. Is this? It wasn't yeah, ready. Yeah, my body was not ready. But no. just like the, going to another state, being somewhere that is not your home, is so refreshing. Especially when you have allergies, because bitch, the air in New Mexico. Let me tell you. <laughs> oh my goodness! But let, while we're talking about traveling and being black, let me plug something real quick. And I don't even know I'm going to plug it. So on Facebook, guys, when you listen to this, go to Facebook and find this group that's called Black Travel Movement. Now you will see various posts from different black people that have traveled to Cuba, that have traveled to Thailand, Bali, uh, Zanzibar in Africa, um, Brazil. Uh, South Africa, Australia, New Zealand, that haven't been snatched up, that haven't been murdered, that had a great damn time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So hopefully that'll help y'all get out of y'all the black fear box a yes, little bit. Yes, so yes, again, yes. that's Black Travel Movement on Facebook. Join the group. Look it up. Um, yeah, I think traveling is definitely can we talk about the fear of dogs and black people though i wasn't joking when i said that earlier i mean i think that fear really stems from the civil rights movement you know that makes sense because you know when they were marching in um birmingham yeah mm-hmm. alabama they're marching you know they're marching everywhere but Listen. they were sticking dogs on people yeah you know shooting them with water hoses um police have dogs you know police brutality the police um relationship with the black community mm-hmm. um so i think that's where in my opinion i might be wrong correct me if i'm wrong guys but i think that's where the fear really manifested and you know that makes a lot of sense um i was attacked by a saint uh, not a saint bernard a german shepherd mm-hmm. my auntie's german shepherd to be exact mm, no. uh when i was a kid but i still am not afraid of dogs I love dogs. Really? Big dogs, specifically. Um, I'm not afraid of dogs. I haven't... I mean, I've been chased by dogs. Like, um, mm-hmm. in middle school, I lived in a predominantly white neighborhood. Went to a predominantly white school. And I swear to God, this lady, every time I got off the activity bus, would stick her damn dog on me because it was like clockwork. Um, but I, 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 I didn't establish a deep, deep fear of dogs or pets in general. Like, um, I have two two cats now that I got um been having for like a year and I love them oh yeah my little babies little babies azul and blanco they're so cute um okay but but yeah when I talk about my cats black people like you got a cat I was just about to say that's a nice (laughs) transition into getting out of the black box yeah what exactly is the black box the black box is I describe it it's basically things that stereotypical things that black people do mm-hmm. and stereotypical things that black people won't do like playing basketball 
Like playing basketball is is we gonna throw that in the black box. Right. Which there is just as a disclaimer, there is nothing wrong with things that are inside the black box. There's nothing wrong with things. There is no shade or anything, but there comes a time when you need to step outside of those things that you are comfortable with. Exactly. Like I feel like um, in the United States, black people don't really play. It's not soccer. It's not really a thing over here. Mm -hmm. But black people in Europe and in South. Uh, America, yes, black people are in South America, mm-hmm. um, in Africa, they all—that's their sport. That's their basketball. Yeah. Um, football is in the black box. Um, oh my God, is football in the black box? Not knowing how to swim is in the black box. Okay. <laughs> um, what else is in the black box? There's uh, some shade with not knowing how to swim. Watermelon. <laughs> Uh, collard greens, mustard greens, grape flavored anything. Yes, I do not like grape flavored orange soda. No, oh, I don't like I orange, hate soda. orange soda. No, too. no. Um, what else is in the black box? Uh, uh, oof, I'm drawing a blank. Having attitudes, being loud. Yes, 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 yes. There we go. Uh, um, shoved in the black queer box just for myself is being flamboyant, even oh. though I can be sometimes. That's not what all every we ain't all like that. We ain't, it's, it's I'm not. telling you, there is layers to Darius that you <laughs> do not know. And I'm gonna tell a quick side story. <laughs> yes, you know what story I'm exactly. going to tell. Exactly. So once upon a time, when me and Darius were trying to get once our lives together, time, long ago I was a hoe, <laughs> and I'm in me. Okay, go ahead. Ain't <laughs> We were trying to get our lives together, our fitness life together, mm-hmm. and as you can see, we we uh, at least on my end, I mean, it wasn't I really successful. Listen, but um, anyway, so we're at the gym, and me and Darius were working out, and I got to feel some type of way because you could have been my man, but anyway, <laughs> <laughs> so we're working out, and here come this girl prancing up, talking to Darius, like, "Oh, what's your name? How are you doing?" And Darius went from. Two seconds ago talking to me, girl, bitch, listen to hello. <laughs> My name's Darius. So I'm looking around for the hidden cameras. I'm like, who the fuck is this nigga? Hello. My name, like, voice dropped. Not one, not two, not four octaves. So I'm like, hmm. Listen. What happened in that moment? Okay, so here's the thing. From my past dating experience, you, it's hard. My, my voice cracked like <laughs> It's hard. <laughs> it's hard. Not necessarily hard, but it is um, not as, I was about to say, not as easy. So hard. <laughs> Harder to attract a woman. Uh, not necessarily with the way that I speak because I don't think there's anything wrong like overly flamboyant or anything about my voice in particular but I know that I am more attracted to a man with a deeper voice and I know that women are more attracted to men with deeper voices so sometimes when I see a pretty lady I throw in that voice and it you know does what it's supposed to do drop it down low drop it down low and pick it back up Dropping low, pick it up slow. That. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if y'all could see the face she just made. Oh my goodness. No, um, don't worry about my friends. Uh, yes. Um, that's another thing that's kind of in the black box friendships. And like 
this ain't my friend, this is my cousin, this is my sister, mm-hmm. this is my brother, all that, like, those things, which I think are good things in the black box. Yes. Is having kind of... A family community. Yes, that chosen family idea. It, exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, you have the guy brothers, the guy sisters, mm-hmm. and everything. Like, you, like, my group of friends, uh, which you guys have really become my core group of friends, I consider you guys family. Oh, Don't uh, start crying. I'm not. It'll be awkward. Oh, okay. Good. I won't cry. <laughs> Please, because I don't have the time. Uh, <laughs> wow, T, okay. But yes, that's the thing, um, family and community. And I think we've kind of gotten away from that um, as a agree. black community. And I would like to see us come back to that, mm-hmm. that togetherness, that community. I think we're slowly but surely getting there, but you know, you got a swift kick in the ass. Yeah, that love we used there. to have. And no... Homosexuality is not killing the black family. Fuck out of here. No. Sorry, I just got I get real passionate about that. Anyway, um, uh, we have on here on our list of topics also, um, and I said this, talking white, the Oreo complex. Oh, I get that all the time. So, one thing that I got a lot as a kid was that I was like, oh man, you're the whitest black kid I know. You're an Oreo because I liked anime and I still like anime and I like Lady Gaga. It's my queen. I found out Megan Thee Stallion likes anime. Oh, really? Yes, Lady Boner. Michael B. Jordan does too. Mm, Lady Boner. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yep, real life. Yes. Um, So, yeah, I think this whole idea of not being able to like things that are not necessarily black centric is inside the black box as well. And can we just clear the air? Talking proper is not, can we not associate that with whiteness? Please. Please, can we stop? Can we dead that idea? Being educated and sounding educated does not equal blackness. I'm sorry, whiteness. <laughs> <laughs> For we all dumb out here in these streets. We not. No, that's <laughs> not what I meant. <laughs> but no, it does not equate to whiteness. True, yes, very true. Having a mind, having a intense extensive vernacular mm-hmm. does not equate to whiteness it's it to me whenever i quote use my white voice it's for business purposes exactly. it's for because there's a certain language that you have to use in those situations exactly so you know you sound so you sound like you know what you're talking about and that's like, code switching and that's code switching like if yes. i go into a business meeting about a play i'm not gonna be like First of all, I'm not gonna say gonna be like mm-hmm. like that's just not gonna happen. No, you have to change your you have to change your drawing, you have to change your vernacular. Exactly. Case by case. And that's whether I'm talking to a black person or a white person exactly. or a Latino person or a, a, a Chinese person or an Asian person or anybody. Yeah. I'm gonna use that voice with you because I know what the fuck I'm talking about. And I'm going to let you know by the way I sound. Exactly. Like, my mother, she's worked in customer service for probably as long as she's been alive. Mm-hmm. And I always listen to my mom get on the phone and how she conducts business. Mm-hmm. It kind of was drilled into me. Um, you know, going to... Um, it was a point in time where I was... I went to elementary school and I was the only black girl. Only black person in the whole school. Uh-huh. Besides uh, a couple of teachers. Um, than going to a predominantly black middle school, which I loved. I loved the culture. Um, but I got called, you know, people were like, oh, you sound white. You like white things. Mm-hmm. 
uh, why you ain't got no Jordans on? Uh, oh, can we throw Jordans in the black box? <laughs> can we just throw the whole idea of shoes in the black box? Yes, like For you men have to. Yeah, it, no, it it goes over the women too. Yeah, it goes over the women too. Okay, Listen okay. to it. Um, but no, why you don't have any Jordans? Why you ain't wearing Air Force Ones? I like K Swiss and Reeboks and Fat Form, but they. I not hate a- shoes. <sighs> if I could be barefoot. No. A bitch would be out here walking. And me. somebody outside of this conversation will say that's white. Exactly. To be barefoot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you know, I mean, I would. I hate. I just don't like wearing shoes. Really. I don't like anything. wearing clothes. Period. Can we just throw bullying people for what they're wearing and how they dress out? Can we throw that out? Can we just throw it out? Yes. Because first of all, you don't know. What someone's going through, mm-hmm. you don't know their life, you don't know what they like. Yep. Different people like different things. Just because you're my friend don't mean you have to dress a certain way. Just because you're my friend doesn't mean you have to dress exactly like me or be exactly like me. Though, our friend group has really great style. We do. We fly. We fly as fuck. We some fly bitches. Yeah. We, yeah. we, we, we shut it down when we yes, go places. We do. Uh, <laughs> that totally threw me off because I was like, I was thinking, I was like, yeah, my friends ain't gotta. And then I was like thinking about everybody in our friend group, and I was like, damn. We all have our different. We all have different swag. Yes, we do. Yes. By the way, I decided my aesthetic for this summer is match everything. I haven't decided my aesthetic, but I have decided my attitude is gonna be. <laughs> I can't even get. I can't even get out. <laughs> Oh, you already know what I'm going to say. My attitude is going to be real Megan Thee Stallion-ish. Because <laughs> she speaks to my inner ratchet girl. Um, can we put the inner ratchet girl in the black box, but on the positive side of the on black the box? On the positive side. Being because able to turn it on and turn it off. There is a time and a place for you to shake your ass. For me, it's all the time. For some people, it's every now and then. I mean, sometimes I got to close my office door to twerk on my desk. You okay. Know? But I, I need to work on my twerking. And that's another thing. Work on your twerk. It's another thing in the black box. Dancing. Yes. And that's not a bad thing. That's that's just that's, that's in our DNA. That's in our culture. Mm-hmm, that comes are. from the motherland. Yes. But I cannot twerk. And you know I, I can. Get, I get ridiculed. <laughs> <laughs> I Y'all, would. I, I ain't would. got no booty. <laughs> <laughs> But I tell you, it is so funny because like walking past a group of men and they be like looking at my face, you know, I'm top heavy. I got I got some some, some breasts on me. I almost said a whole bunch of different words that was really off color. And I had to stop myself because that's just who I am as a person. Oh my and they be like, okay, she's back there. Let me see what she got back there. And I walk past and I've heard men go, damn her ass flat. <laughs> or damn where her ass sit. <laughs> I damn she ain't got no ass. And the shit. <laughs> I own that shit. That shit is hilarious to me. <laughs> I'm over about to <laughs> yeah. Oh my yeah, god. I had to start owning. I used to feel really bad about it, mm-hmm. but I had to own that. I mean, because, because it's like and having a big ass is in the black box. It is like, in the black it's, box. It's a, 
I do have a pretty decent posterior. Whatever. Um, <laughs> and I'm ask you. <laughs> but you know, I think it's, it's one of those things where you just have to kind of get comfortable with the ass that you were given. Exactly. You can't have it all. I, I say all the time, I'm sexy as fuck. I got a big ass. I'm gifted in other areas. I'm talented. But I have depression. I couldn't be too powerful. And you know what? God knew what he was doing because I say this all the time. If God gave me a booty, <laughs> I'd be unstoppable. <laughs> See? See, my attitude, not just for the summer, would have been making the stallion-ish. My entire life would have been just like, Bow down. Not saying that I have zero confidence because I'm very confident, very, very confident. big black woman. But I think my confidence would have been more arrogance. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So God knew what he was doing. So I'm gonna get a pretty face check. You know, give me a banging ass personality check. Let me sprinkle some humor in that bitch <laughs> check. Oh, let me. Oh, damn! I spilled too much titties in there. Um, and then he just gave me a look. Little sprinkler, little like, paint your ass. Little salt bang. Little, little, little salt bang. bang. Little ass bang. <laughs> Darius over here doing the salt bang. Little, little salt bang, you know. Yes. That's that's hilarious. I oh, talk yeah. all the time about how if I didn't have depression, I would be too powerful. See. Like, I would just be, I would rule the world. Yeah. And but, I think you know, there's some power in the booty, but then you, if you don't have booty, you just have to be confident mm-hmm, about it. Mm-hmm. There's other ways you can make up for it. Um, Speaking of depression, we're going to put being afraid of mental health in the black box. Yes. Yeah, see, let's talk about mental health. Let's Ooh. talk about... Let's let's just run into this. We said we we're going to make this a whole different episode. But let's just start this. We can dive into it a little bit deeper. Yes. Speaking to a therapist is okay. Talking about your feelings and emotions is okay. Your teenage child saying to you that they are depressed... The response is never, you ain't got nothing to be depressed about. The response is, talk to me so we can figure this out. I am so... Yes, ASMR snaps. I am so blessed to have a mother that was like, these things are concerning me, let's talk. Instead of being like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Get it together. Like, And I think it stems from them not knowing Mm -hmm. because you can't do better or know better if you have no knowledge of it correct and i think they put that into the oh that's a white thing to go talk to a therapist we're supposed to be strong Mm -hmm. we're supposed to be indestructible we're supposed to carry the weight of the world on our back yeah and then some and not break down not shed a tear and i think we need to change that because a lot of things, like a lot of, I didn't realize that growing up I had anxiety really bad. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what it was. I didn't know what to call it. Anxiety. Mm-hmm. Uh, just like when I'm shaking my little flat booty, you know, in the club. Somebody be like, hey, girl. No, nope, stop mm-hmm. it. You, you making me anxious. Quit. Mm-hmm. Stop, leave me alone. <laughs> leave me alone. <laughs> Please. And, you know, I, for me growing up, I, you know, didn't develop depression until I was well into high school. Mm-hmm. Or actually, like, middle school. It was, like, around middle school time. Um, but my mom knew what it was mm-hmm. and she could see the signs and she was educated well, educated about it I've educated her more mm-hmm. but you saw the play that I wrote I wrote a play called My Infinite Sadness oh my goodness and y'all. 
there's a line in that play just to kind of piggyback off of what you said. That's white people shit. Niggas don't get depressed. Exactly. And I had to put that line in the show because I've heard so many people say that. And we do. We carry the way of the world on our back. We're mm-hmm. stereotyped. We're racially profiled. Yeah. We're disqualified for jobs that we're qualified for because we have an urban name. Yeah. Um, because we have a black face. Mm-hmm. Um, we are given a dis- disadvantage yeah. to start with. From birth. From birth. And it gets you down. And it's okay. It's okay to talk about it. Mm-hmm. It's okay to cry about it. Yes. It's okay to scream at the top of your lungs about it. It's okay to go see somebody about it. Yeah. Don't allow yourself to destroy yourself without going and getting educated, without going and seeking help. Because you you, you will begin to seek other outlets to relieve the pain like alcoholism, mm-hmm. using drugs, mm-hmm. smoking weed heavily. Now, I have no issue with people smoking weed, but if you, you can't won't. function, if you waking up and smoking weed, eating breakfast and smoking weed, going on your lunch break and smoking weed, firing up when you're on your way home from work, firing up when you get home, firing up in the shower, you might be trying to coping with your depression yeah. by replacing it your coping mechanisms with a controlled substance. You know, I think that uh, that was kind of a great thing that you said, like that it leads to substance abuse because mm-hmm. I think that is why there's such a huge number of African American people who are addicted to drugs. Exactly. Because they don't know how to cope with their own mental health and so mm-hmm. they seek those toxic really really horrible things oh and food to too it. food and Ooh, why you have to attack me like that I mean it's true man I mean it's my truth too I mean I ain't we're not here to speak our truth oh, what yes, we, we here are. for <laughs> what we here for I then like, Listen, I didn't come here to air all my what we here for then no, but no, food no, no, no. and but, yeah. standing bad relationships oh yes oh Throw that in the black box. Mm-hmm. Um, and can we draw a fine line between working it out, staying with somebody and trying to work it out, and staying with somebody who is bad for you just to have somebody? Mm. Can we talk about that? Yeah. Because I have not had many relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, I usually keep f- fairly well to myself and I don't really like the idea of being in a relationship. Oh my God, Did you it. used to drive me crazy. And I always felt that when I got into a relationship, it would be one of convenience and not of actual feelings and love. Okay. Totally 100% wrong. Told you. But no, no, I listen think... listen to me. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of the times we... We um, trick ourselves into thinking that we have to take care of somebody, especially black women, mm-hmm. that the nurturer in, that is naturally in a black woman is to take care of some man that should have been taken care of. His mama should have took care of. Exactly. Or took care of too much. And now Ooh. he's looking just for a replacement mother. That's another thing. Can we, we just press pause on that and just, mm-hmm. we want to dive into this a little bit further. Yes, please. So having a man 
that was spoiled by his mother mm. and getting in a relationship. It's like, oh Lord, if I knew then what I knew now. <laughs> but mothers of sons, I understand you want to nurture your son and you want to show them how they are supposed to be treated in the world. Just like black men who father their children and their daughters, they want to teach their daughters how a man is supposed to treat them, mm-hmm. how they're supposed to be loved by a man. I get that, but spoiling them, and I mean spoiling them, you have a, I've heard about grown men whose mama is in the morning brushing their hair and brushing their beard. What? I've heard about... I'm sorry, wait a minute. Sorry, I checked something on my phone. What? I've heard about black men, grown men, who still live at home with their mothers, their mother waking up in the morning and ironing their shirts and doing their laundry. And they're not stay-at-home mothers. They they work full-time. That kind of disgusts me. I'm sorry, what? Yeah, you heard me right. Listen, okay. <laughs> I do still stay at home with my mom. My situation with my mother is completely different. My mm-hmm. mom has health issues, and that's why I live at home with my mom. My mama don't iron my clothes. No. Or do my laundry. Mm-hmm. And she offers. My See, my mom was one of those mothers that took care of us and tried to do that too much. Mm-hmm. But she made us so independent that we we stop her whenever it gets to that point where it's like, mom, you don't have to do this. And I think that's where it has to be that perfect balance of mm-hmm. show me, show your sons how they're supposed to be treated, but also make sure that they're independent. So when they get in a relationship with the woman, they're not expecting a woman to do all the things that yeah. their mother did for them. Like my college roommate didn't know how to cook. Which is fine at 18. I, you you should know how to cook some things. But, mm-hmm. like, I literally had to talk to this man through cooking spaghetti. Mm. And I'm like, dude, it's boiling noodles and heating sauce. If yeah. you're doing it simple, mm-hmm. you know, I go a whole extra level. I make my sauce from scratch. Sorry mm-hmm. about it. but Because my whole idea of being in a relationship with someone is you bring, you each are bringing something to the table. Correct. And you each are, we both work. Mm-hmm. Uh, we both pay the bills. We mm-hmm. both live here. We both share in the responsibility of keeping this house clean, the upkeep of the house. Um, it's a give and a take. And I feel like a lot of men don't understand that. Mm-hmm. And it stems from their mother's baby. Anna and potentially from their fathers telling them that that's what a woman is supposed to do. Exactly. This idea, okay, I got another thing to throw in a black box. This Uh idea of gender roles in a relationship. There is no such thing. Well, there are some things that men should do and that women should do or suggested things in a relationship. Um, Not to say that a man always should be the one taking the trash out, but if it's late at night, and I'm with my woman and the trash needs to go out, I'm going to get my ass up and I'm going to take the trash out. Mm-hmm. Because why would I make my woman, my wife, my girlfriend, whatever, take the trash out? I wouldn't even make my boyfriend take the trash out at night because mm-hmm. that's just who I am. But, like, paying bills is a 50-50 thing. Mm-hmm. Cleaning the house, like you said, is a 50-50 thing. Exactly. You know, like... Because just like, you know, you come home from work and you want your peace and you want to sit back on the couch and watch ESPN... The same for me. I want to come home. 
I want my piece and I want to watch some damn ESPN. (laughs) 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 I mean, I'm just that type of woman, but it's just like when, um, especially if you you had an off day, and I understand on your off day you want to chill, but you've been at home all day and you done created more of a mess than when I left. Mm. See, it's the thing, men men always talking about women need to be, we need to be a man's piece. Need to be a piece. What about our piece? You be her piece too. We 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 want a piece be of the piece. Each other's piece. Exactly. Give and take. My grandma always said that there were two places that you should be able to have peace. That's at home in your own home and in your grave. Mm. If you ain't got peace at home and you ain't got peace in your grave, I don't know what to tell you. Cause you sure ain't got no peace at work, goddamn. Listen, ain't nobody getting no peace at work. No. Lord. <laughs> Oof. I almost went on the rant about my job, and I ain't even gonna do that. Um. <sighs> That's a whole nother episode. That's a whole nother episode. Um, so just kind of talking about being that piece and and talking about, we talked earlier about the black family dynamic, the chosen family dyma- dynamic. Let's talk about the black family dynamic. Let's talk about these Uncle Ruckus ass niggas. Oh, God. So. Because <laughs> you said this, I need you to define this for me. Uncle, I mean, if every, <laughs> by now, at least the generation that I, I think that we're reaching should know what the Boondocks is. Mm-hmm. It was a cartoon that was uh, very popular in the early 2000s. It was a low-key anime. Hockey. Mm-hmm. True. Mm-hmm. I didn't think about that. So mm-hmm. now, hockey, yes. Yeah. So it was a black anime. Mm-hmm. Dork-ass uh, Darius over here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> that had a black male character that was an Uncle Tom. And if those who don't know what Uncle Tom is, Lord help us. Um, an Uncle Tom. If you don't know what Uncle Tom is, you probably are. One. No, uh, Uncle Tom is the person who worships white people, who mm-hmm. think white people can do no wrong, who think white people are, are our saviors, and that black people are the scum of the earth. Mm-hmm. And they will bend over back, just like in Django. What was um? Samuel Jackson's character. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I hated Samuel Jackson in that movie. I was oh, like, nigga. That was the first time I ever hated Samuel Jackson. <laughs> was, I was in like, that movie. This is not Nick Fury. Oh, my goodness. But I can't think of his name right now. But you guys know who Uncle Ruckus was. He was a snitching ass nigga hater. Mm-hmm. He hated his own race. He said he had reverse Villago. <laughs> Which is actually a thing. It's called melanism. If yeah, you look it up, you yeah. have an overproduction of melanin. But that's not what he had. No, 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 not at all. He was a black man who hated his blackness. Mm-hmm. And we have a lot of that. I have a lot of that in my workplace. Uncle Ruckus ass niggas. <laughs> oh my goodness! I had a coworker one time. We we. Uh, my job is dysfunctional, y'all. I'm not going to name names. I'm not going to say where I work. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. You can't look it up on Facebook. It's not there. Yeah, you don't. You don't put things like that on your Facebook. But anyway, my work environment is very toxic, and it got to a point where it, the turnover rate was really, really, really high. Mm-hmm. And um, I came into the job from another position. And um, there was an employee that had been there for a couple of decades. Um, And it seemed like every other person that we hired or that was hired 
was a good candidate and then the next person would be terrible. So of course I was hired then it was a person after me who was black, was terrible at their job. Sleep on the job, would be on FaceTime with the job, just didn't give a damn what the hell they was doing, came to work wearing ball caps, whatever. Um, but she made a statement after he got fired and said just very frankly, y'all don't need to hire any more black people. Oh. I tell you, that was like a shotgun to my chest. You, a black person, saying to your white supervisor and your non-African-American manager not to hire any more black people is just... Disgusting. Disgusting. And you just, you Uncle Ruggs ass nigga. <laughs> At the end of the day. You are just reinforcing the stereotype that black people are not employable. That they're not professional. That they can't work in a professional environment. You're just an Uncle Ruggs ass nigga. Oh, oh my goodness. Um, so we're coming up on an hour. Mm-hmm. We're gonna introduce our first segment. Okay. Um, Ooh, we've been talking a lot. We, I know, and I feel like it's been a really good conversation. Yes. I feel like we've got a lot for our, for a lot of content for our first episode. Okay. Um, so we have a bunch of segments planned for you guys. This first segment segment is inspired by my step friend. <laughs> She's just friend. Oh, we need to explain step friend real quick. Yes. So step friend is a term that. Me and a friend came up with. I think it was primarily me because my that's how my mind work. I'm just dumb, y'all. Um, <laughs> dumb being funny. Mm-hmm. Um, so, a step friend is me and Darius are friends because we know each other. Right. We met um, working at a former job together, mm-hmm. and I had a friend. Um, it's like six degrees of separation. Right. So my friend that hadn't met Darius before had became friends with Darius or acquaintance with Darius. Mm-hmm. And therefore they established a friendship. And because they were friends through someone else, they are your step friend. So there you go. A new term. You knocking so, over stuff. It's Jake. empty, I swear. <laughs> <laughs> so my step friend, she's just good friend, mm-hmm. best friend. Um, <laughs> inspired this uh, <laughs> okay. this segment is called Ones or, or Hellas <laughs> you know who you are you know who you are we love you um, and if you don't you lying <laughs> <laughs> so the point of Ones or Hellas is uh, we give a couple different things. It might be celebrities, it might be activities, whatever. And the the question is, would you do it once or, or hell? <laughs> so this episode, the theme is for the culture, things that are outside the black box. So skydiving, once or hellas. <laughs> I'm gonna say hellas. <laughs> Get out of the black box. Only because Queen Viola Davis just did it. And let me just say, I have a new found love for her because she was cussing up a storm. She was cussing like her ass off of that. But I would do it once. Okay. Uh, bungee jumping. One or hellas. Never. I'm gonna have to agree with a never on that one. 
uh, skiing once or hellas? Uh, I do it one time for the one time. Yeah, I, I would agree. One time for the one time. Uh, sand surfing. I do that hellas. See, I don't. I'm a child of the sun. Like, you know. Listen, I probably already got sunburned at Listen, this point because we in the desert. Black people use sunscreen. Facts. You it's, can burn. You can burn. Melanin. It takes a little longer, but you can burn. Yes. But sun sand surf it up. I do that. I do it once, and then if I like it, I do it. You hellas. gonna love it. Uh, parasailing once or hellas. Hellas. I'm gonna say hellas too. I've never done it, but I feel like it would be a lot of fun. I have fun doing it. I thought I would hate it because I don't like heights. I don't like g forces. I don't like the idea of falling. Um, but I loved it and I would do it hellas. Um, jet skis once or hellas. Hellas. I love the water. I am a Pisces. Mm, I'm a Capricorn. See, me and water don't really mix. But I would jet ski hellas. Um, and the last thing, ziplining. Ziplining? Depends on where I'm at. But I would do it. I would do it hellas. I'm gonna say hellas too, because that's actually that's very high on my list of things to do. Yeah, I want to do it, but then I'm kind of scared to do it. But yeah. Would you like to introduce our next segment? Our next segment is clarity. Yes. And we're gonna talk about the necessity of code switching. Yes. Now, if you recall from our earlier conversation, code switching is not necessarily between talking to your black friends. And talking to your Caucasian friends mm-hmm. or your other friends. You also code switch when at work. Mm-hmm. You better switch up the way you talk to your mama. That's code switching. Mm-hmm. You better switch up the way you talk to your grandma. Uh-huh. And then you switch up the way you talk to your boo. Mm-hmm. And you switch up the way you talk to talk in front of your homeboys and your homegirls. Mm-hmm. Cause you know you ain't gonna be with your girl talking about some. Ooh, look at that ass. That ass is fat over there. Cause what's gonna happen? She gonna whoops upside your head. But with your homeboys, you can talk about that. So I think people don't realize how much they code switch mm-hmm. in their lives. I definitely didn't even think about code switching when you're talking to your mom. Mm-hmm. I didn't think of it as code switching. I thought it was just like you respect your mom a different way than you respect your friends. Exactly. Um, but yeah, I definitely agree. Like. Watch who you talk around mm-hmm. <laughs> and how you. T- I I work predominantly with white people, uh, which is fine. Whatever. I like my coworkers. Um, my job also is dysfunctional, however. And but there's some stuff that I say to them sometimes, and they be like, "What?" And I'm like, "Ooh, you white." I've sw- I have slipped up a couple of times. Like, um, for example, we were talking, and one of my coworkers was sharing something very personal. About her sex life, and um, she was asking for some tips. So I was giving some tips, you know. Was like, girl, you know, you need to make sure you use these protection because you know men out here be, you know, trying to trap you. Um, especially with these abortion laws that have just passed. We're gonna okay. throw that in there. We're gonna sprinkle that in there a we're little bit. A little bit of that. We're gonna have a whole episode about that. Shit yeah, too. we're gonna talk about that later. Um, was, but um, was letting her know because people like to shoot up the club. And oh my god, I said this the other day. <laughs> I said this to somebody the other day and they were like, I'm sorry, what? Yeah, so I was like, Yeah, you gotta be careful, you gotta make sure you're using commas because these dudes like to shoot up the club. And they all stopped laughing and was like, What? <laughs> shoot shoot up the what? And I was like, Oh, I'm sorry, y'all. I didn't code switch. Like I slipped. <laughs> like they like to, you know, just you know, 
I'm not gonna get vulgar. Uh huh. Y'all know what we're trying to say. Yeah, you know when they don't the pullout game week. <laughs> yeah. So what you say? Non-existent. Non-existent. So yeah, that's uh you you have to code switch on a lot of in, a lot of instances. Even if it's between friends, sometimes you talk to one friend a certain way, and you talk to another friend a different way. So I have I'll give an example of code switching. I have a white friend. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know this white friend. Um, and he and my other friend and I, we were all sitting around talking or whatever. Oh, Jesus. And I forget, he said something. He said something that was like, what? And I was confused. Mm-hmm. And I go, I'm going to leave his name out. But I go, friend, speak black to me. <laughs> because I was so confused by oh. what he was saying. I was like, you are talking white right now. Mm-hmm. Like, and not in the proverbial Oreo white black person talking white. Like, yeah. straight up, what the fuck are you saying? Exactly. And I'm a nerd. Mm-hmm. Like, real life. Um, so, just, you know, even white people have those coats with sometimes. But, mm-hmm. you know what? Y'all be overdoing the shit. Okay, facts. All right. Let's just start. You know what? Y'all ooh, y'all should see my face right now. I have I'm face palming right now. Hard. Tell me. Y'all be over doing it. Okay? Yeah. Okay. I don't need to know what rappers you know. Oh my god. That doesn't phase me cuz I don't even keep up with all the rappers. Mm-mm. You don't need to tell me how your son went and got a fade. Congratulations. Okay. He got his haircut. Exactly. You don't have to tell me how your black neighbor referred to her hair as nappy. You bet I never refer to nobody hair as nappy. Okay. Ever. So be mindful of mindful what you say when you're code switching. Because you can come off very offensive. That's racist. <laughs> <laughs> um, shit, I was about to say something else. Oh, just uh, she's just saying she wish you could she y'all could see her face. Do you think we should do video with our podcast? Let us we know. should post that on the Facebook page as well. Yeah. Um, audio visual podcast. Um. And give us feedback too. Yeah, let us know what y'all want to talk about. Which I want to talk about, which I like, which I didn't like, what we should change. Constructive criticism mm-hmm. is always great. Should we have guests? At yeah, some point? I have a couple of people in mind. I have a couple of people that I would like to talk to as well. Um, should we? <laughs> 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 I'm mad that we're thinking about the same person. <laughs> um. I hate it. Um, <laughs> I love it. I hate it. I love um, you. <laughs> I promise. Anyway, one more thing before we go. Um, we are a black podcast, and we want to represent all of our black art makers, business owners, black yes. people doing black shit for the culture. Yes. So, Shish, if you don't mind... Shouting out our black owned business highlight for this episode. We have two of them this time around. Yeah, so, um, you know, on Facebook, I read across this um, Barber Beauty and Nail Salon called Me, the letter N, and the letter U. Barber Beauty and Nail Salon. 
They are at 8102 North Broadway, St. Louis, Missouri, 63147. And the discount Queen Beauty Supply store there on 4600 Chippewa Street in South City. I'll go out and support Black, please, yes, please. support these businesses. Because these are businesses that are predominantly ruled by Asians. Mm-hmm. That are black market businesses. Yes. Like nails, getting your nails done, getting your weave. Go support black. If you a fly girl, get your hair. Ow. What is it? How does it go? No. I just listened to the song today. You just fucked it up. <laughs> if you a fly girl, fly what? What the fly girl? Fly, yeah. <laughs> what the fly girl? If you a fly girl, get your nails done. Get, get a, a pedicure. pedicure. Get, get your, your hair, hair did. did. Okay. Got it. No disrespect, Missy. Missy, I love you. You are an icon. If you're listening to this podcast, you literally changed music mm-hmm. and music video. And yeah, vis- the visualization uh, of yes, it as well. Before your time, ahead of your time, and I can't wait to hear this album that she's about to drop. I love that song she got with Lizzo. Yes, for the tempo. Slow songs, like for skinny hoes. Can't move all of this. I'm a big bitch. I need tempo. Ow. I get up to the tempo. Ow. Um, but yeah, anything else you want to say? Any closing remarks, Sheesh? Support black. I can give it back. And that doesn't mean anti-white. It does not. No. It means support black. Yes. Mm. We're all about uplifting the community. Uplifting our brothers and sisters. Yes. Though I ain't gonna lie, we can do an episode about this. It really bothers me sometimes somebody calls me their brother. But we can talk about that later. We're gonna talk about that later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, y'all. Thank you so much for listening to episode one for the culture. Uh, Urban Proper. Yeah. All right, we'll talk to you all next week.